Taxes and regulations are making it hard to put food on the table. Politicians and bureaucrats are misleading us. They're wasting our money and not being honest about how it's spent. And they're showering themselves with bonuses and raises no matter how bad a job they're doing. This is an excerpt from a column recently in the uh, Sun newspaper group. Uh, Taxpayers should be mad at the government. The author of said column, Franco Terrazano, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, on the line from Ottawa. Franco, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, good morning, and thanks for having me on so early in the morning today. Well, it's good to have you with us. Nothing like getting all <laughs> riled up on a Sunday morning. It's it's New Year's Day here, and of course, on the West Coast in Chinatown, there's the big parade, Franco. It's a big deal day here in Vancouver. So uh, let's talk a little bit about why you think we should be angry at our government, because, of course, the Liberals are trying to play off uh, off of Pierre Poilievre, uh, tapping into the anger of Canadians. Everything is broken, this sort of thing. And you're saying, well, while you may not agree necessarily with everything Pierre Poilievre says, you do understand his tapping into a very real sense of anger. Well, I I do understand it, and that's the reason I I, I wanted to write this column, because I heard a press conference with Mr. Poilievre. He was essentially asked this question, you know, why people are angry, and he said because people are hurting. And I agree with him that when you are one of the many Canadians who are worried about missing meals or worried about that you have to go to the food bank, it's very tough to put a smile on. But I think things go deeper than that, at least when it comes to anger and frustrations with the government. I think it's because the government is making, for many Canadians, their lives more difficult. Um, and it just seems like they're completely out of touch. You mentioned many of the things that, uh, that I talk about in the article. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that really uh, frustrate myself is, is this. You know, during the, the pandemic, so many people struggled. And while so many people were struggling, their representatives across all parties, by the way, took not one, not two, but three pay raises. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just so out of touch to me. And, of course, I, I, the part that I'm finding most difficult is the uh, current dispute between unionized workers and the government of Canada. They were certainly looked after in ways during the entire pandemic that nobody in the private sector was, and yet they're, they're feeling outraged at being asked to go back to the office part-time and demanding incredible wage increases. I don't think the average Canadian uh, takes a look at this this set of demands, Franco, and does anything but roll their eyes and go, oh, come on. No, these demands are crazy. These demands are crazy, and let's not mistake what these demands are. They would mean higher taxes for the people who have suffered the most during the pandemic and who continue to suffer the most. Now, let me dive into that. I'm so happy you brought that in because what we saw over the last couple of years was a tale of two pandemics, right? We, we heard so many of our friends in the private sector who may have lost their job, may have took a pay cut. Many small business owners, many restaurants, many gym owners were worried that their savings couldn't keep the lights on. Right. Well, behind the golden gates of government, right, you had 312,000 federal government employees receive at least one pay raise during the pandemic and lockdowns. That's either between 93% or 97% of the total federal government received at least one pay raise. Mm -hmm. Then you had hundreds of millions of dollars in bonuses handed out. And now you have union negotiators in one case asking for 30% wage increases over three years, so about 10% annually. In another case, you have other union negotiators pushing for 14% compensation increases annually. Let me say that one more time. 14% compensation hikes 
in one year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so the people who make more and who struggle less are demanding these raises, and they would have to be paid for by the people who make less and have struggled more. Yeah, and and let's just carry on in the in the same uh, sense uh, in terms of outrageous spending, and we've started to see the tip of the iceberg lately, Franco, uh, as the the uh, McKinsey uh, contracts are starting to be investigated. But what uh, the National Post is saying this weekend, for example, they those contracts and serious uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, but the contracts for McKinsey, frankly, represent a drop in the bucket of billions. On government outsourcing. Uh, this is new reporting from the National Post this weekend. In other words, uh, the bureaucrats who have been rewarding themselves with bonuses and pay raises uh, actually haven't been doing much of the work. That's been contracted out. And you know what's crazy about all this, right? It's not just the contracting out, which I think you just nailed it right on the head when you said that. However, not only are we paying more for these contractors and consultants, well, the bureaucracy itself is also ballooning. So if, if we're paying more for consultants and contractors and contracting out, right. then why are we also paying more for a ballooning bureaucracy? We're looking at about $55 billion is the cost of the government's uh, pure labor right now. right? So it's not like we're just paying for more contracts or we're just paying for more bureaucrats. We're paying for more. And even more frustrating, at least to me, is that we're seeing uh, bureaucrats rewarding themselves for failure. Let me give you a couple examples here. The Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada has one job, keep inflation low and around 2%. Now, we could probably arm wrestle for three years about was the Bank of Canada at fault for inflation? Well, okay, let's just put that aside for a second. Regardless, it failed to meet its one target and it still gave its employees $45 million in bonuses and raises. Now, here's one for your listeners because I know that you guys have crazy home prices out there. Well, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation is a federal crown corporation. It has one objective, and that's affordability in homes for all. Okay. Well, in 2020 and 2021, Canadians couldn't afford homes. The crown corporation, though, still turned around and gave its employees $60 million in bonuses and raises during that time. So they're taking our tax dollars and rewarding themselves for failure, and we're not even hearing members of parliament speak out about this either. Yeah, and and, and let's just also, in, in terms of uh, those sorts of grants and gifts, largesse being handed out by the feds, uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the major corporate recipients of our oh. tax dollars. Yes, yes. I mean, this one is just so frustrating, right? Because you also have big business that is also on the take here. And for a ton of money, okay, so the government has announced $295 million for the Ford Motor Company. Yeah, that huge corporation, the Ford Motor Company. You hear, you hear grocery stores in the news a lot. You hear, um, you hear, for example, the leader of the NDP in Ottawa hammering these grocery, uh, grocery stores. What we don't hear the NDP talking about is the corporate welfare that the federal government gave to Loblaws, for example, $12 million. Mm. Or here is another one. The government announced $420 million uh, for the Algoma Steel Company. Here's another one. The government announced $372 million for Bombardier. So the government is raising taxes on people who are working hard, who are having a difficult time making ends meet, putting food in the fridge for their families. And yet the government is turning around and handing out hundreds of millions of dollars 
to large corporations. Now, I'm, I'm looking through the article that you wrote, and you have a, a quote from Justin Trudeau in the article, a promise, mm-hmm. a quote, we are not going to be saddling Canadians with extra costs. The last things Canadians need is to see a rise in taxes right now. Close quote. How long ago was that? Well, that was in August of uh, 2020, and we've continued to see taxes go up and up and up here in Canada. Okay, so the government has been misleading Canadians, and you'll probably have heard that the government is trying to crack down on so-called misinformation. Yes. Well, if these politicians were really serious about cracking down on misinformation, they would stop misleading taxpayers. That's just one quote. Let me give you a few different examples. Okay. Heading right before the 2019 election, you had then-Environment Minister Catherine McKenna said that the government had no intention to raise the carbon tax after 2022. No intention. Well, the carbon tax is continuing to go up until 2030 where it'll cost 37 cents per liter of gasoline. Mm -hmm. Now, if the government thought that the carbon tax was a good idea, it should not have misled Canadians, pure and simple. Let me give you another example on how it misleads taxpayers. The government continues to claim that that families will get more money back through rebates than they pay in carbon tax. Right, yes. Well, that's categorically false. And don't take my word on it. Go to the parliamentary budget officer, the government's own independent, nonpartisan budget watchdog. And the, the PBO shows that the average household, the carbon tax will cost the average family this year anywhere between $400 and $847, even after the rebate. Mm-hmm. Now, this report has been out for almost a year. So I'm sure these politicians and ministers and their staff have read the report, yet they continue to make this false claim. Well, Franco, I'm I'm out of time, and I'm always grateful for yours, and you're certainly wide awake this morning. Great to have you start off the show. (laughs) But your point point is all of these very righteous little remarks and sermons about misinformation and how the government of Canada is determined to crack down on misinformation, pretty hypocritical stuff when they are the ones doing most of the misleading and misinforming, isn't it? That's absolutely correct. If they really want to crack down on misinformation, then I think they need to take a look in the mirror this morning. Franco, good to have you with us. Thanks very much for this. Thanks for having me on. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.